That's where we're going. Back in your lives, in your ears, and in your face. Welcome to another episode of Pub Jesus, episode 81. It is good to be back. It is good to have you back. If you're listening right now, I love you. And if you're not, you can always watch it back. So, you know, it's it's Thursday. I'm I'm exhausted. I've I've just started uh, exercising with with my buddy, and you know, being so out of shape, it uh, it has been a tough road. So it's I'm sluggish today, but um, I'm enjoying a nice cold drink, and I'm here with trusty producer Art. So the man that used to be in the chat, the man who is now the man on the controls, Art. What is happening, my brother? We got lots to talk about today, dude. Especially. You know, lots of sports stuff, dude. I watched the Formula One this weekend. <laughs> NBA playoffs are coming. There's a big UFC card this this weekend. Lots of music shit to talk about. I'm excited, man. How you doing? All right, dude. And I saw my first eye poke in UFC over the weekend. Ah, Bilal Muhammad. Yeah, dude. That was the first <laughs> time Nevitt. I saw that. I mean, like, I, I've only just been, like, casually checking out because of you. And then the first thing I see, the guy nearly gets his eye poked up. <laughs> <laughs> that was almost uh, a murder by eye poke, dude. It was it was crazy. Yeah. But we can, we can talk about that all um, at the end of the episode. Um, obviously... We have a live chat going please everybody if you are listening right now it's so great when we see you comment so please f uh, don't don't forget to comment keep interacting with the with us during this this next hour um art will pull up your 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 um comments and all that kind of jazz we can interact thank you to everybody last episode who who um participated in the let's chat episode everybody who sent the emails in and that was a good chat yeah it was fun um, everybody who sent their emails in and um, we, we called in. It was great. Thanks for, for tuning in and listening and all that kind of jazz. We're going to do that um, again down the line. It was really fun. We actually got a couple of emails after the, the live stream where people were like, let's chat, keen to call in. So what we'll do the next time, if we'll email you back and if you still want to come on the show, we, we will do that and uh, it'll be fun because it was fun. A nice impromptu episode. We talked about anything and everything. But I don't want to keep my guest waiting. Yep. It is, um, he's sitting in New York City, well, New, I don't know, not New York City because uh, there are a lot of suburbs Jer around there. New Jersey. New Jersey, sweet. Um, a very special guest today, um, a multi-talented artist, um, a photographer, um, a multimedia uh, specialist. And um, not only that, but Nathaniel Shannon and the Vanishing Twin um, releasing the ep last year december uh three mothers so we're going to talk everything start to finish everything nathaniel shannon so without further ado ladies and gentlemen nathaniel shannon what's, what's up, up my, how you doing my dude thank you so much for taking the time to join the show today absolutely, absolutely. it's great yeah it's great it's great to chat to you it's, and, and and another international guest i always feel super privileged when guys take their time i mean the time difference is all wonky and all that kind of jazz but thank you for taking the time out of your day to to have a chat to us man i'm really excited about it i'm excited about it for sure like and I'm we were talking you're excited yeah dude uh we were talking off uh off air i, I love that uh background you got there and you mentioned that it was an attic that you built um is that like your kind of studio kind of vibe behind you yeah, I ended up bailing out of Brooklyn last fall, uh, moved to New Jersey, uh, housing issue, our ceiling collapsed. My girlfriend oh, and I wow. lived together and our ceiling collapsed. Uh, sure. That's a long story that doesn't matter. But I'm in New Jersey and I got an attic where okay, I that... sit and, uh, you know, make weird stuff because... I have nothing else to do with my time <laughs> at this point in life. So, so first, I mean, before we get into all the, the awesome stuff that you're up to and, and the stuff that you do, how is, is it around the New York area at the moment? Because the last I heard, everything was shut down. And uh, um, it was one of the states that actually, you know, held the lockdown for quite some time. Yeah, it's been it's been a surreal year, to say the least. Uh New York state itself is like pretty massive. So you've got the city, which takes up a majority of the resources of the rest of the state. I mean, the city mm -hmm. itself is 9 million people. It's just a small sliver of like actual landmass compared to the rest of the state. So that's been a, uh, a statewide contention of everybody outside of New York city area kind of hating us. Cause they got pretty locked down for the mm -hmm. last year. Cause they have to deal with us. Um, you know, pros and cons of being here is 
because it's such a major metropolis that outside of racial politics and George Floyd getting murdered and kind of the eruption mm-hmm. in the streets that happened, uh, you know, like almost exactly a year ago um, and how that affected everything. Pandemic stuff, you know, it's a rich fucking town. There's a lot of rich people. So all the rich people left as soon as this hit to go to their vacation yeah. homes. Yeah. So it went from the first couple of weeks being like, man, should we get the fuck out of here and go hide out in the woods somewhere to everybody's gone. Yeah. I mean, like people left, you know, we, um, a couple of weeks in my, my girlfriend and I started doing some volunteer work and there's a, a program called meals on wheels where you just deliver food to people who like, you know, more elderly people, injured people who can't get out and like go grocery shop or feed themselves. Okay, that's frankly. awesome. Um, and you know, it was like, we have nothing to do. And like, it, you know, it's also self-serving of it makes me feel good to help. Uh, sure. that being said, the location that we would go pick up the food from was like a block off of times square and times mm-hmm. square, which is the most awful place in all of New York city that I avoid at all costs was a ghost town. I mean, there's literally nobody. Yeah. I mean, it's just tourists square. nonstop most of the yeah. time. I mean, pre pandemic, it was just a dog well, show. Basically it's just everyone yeah. and everyone from mm-hmm. every different country, like standing on each other's toes. Yeah. So spending I, I ended up going to Times Square a lot to like photograph that area because it was like this unique opportunity of like not only as a, uh, a member of New York City New York State United States and just a human of the world here's an opportunity to live through this weird time in a major metropolis that is now literally just a fucking ghost town it's crazy which was dude. like you know you remove all the tragedy and like all the awful stuff that has happened last year, people yeah, dying, whatever politics, especially American politics, whatever. <laughs> what a unique opportunity to like experience this city, like be able to drive anywhere, like go, you know, I spent a lot of time going to um, just random, you know, there's a handful of like old military forts that are just dilapidated or other nature preserves or just places that like it's kind of a pain in the ass to get to dealing mm-hmm. with traffic oh is it going to be crowded full of people so it's like I, I i created a list of like things i wanted to go see uh bridges like i mean there's a massive amount of bridges in the city so i thought it'd be cool to like how many bridges can i walk across wow because <laughs> it's just easy to get to them um that it kind of became this weird playground of I think an old New York that I always had a fantasy of, you know, like eighties art, New York, um, Mm -hmm. be it, you know, music or, uh, culture in general that influenced, you know, I think a lot of like the subcultures that we all got into. Mm -hmm. Um, so being able to kind of see that from this, you know, the shopping mall closed, if you will, because the city's just a massive shopping mall, yeah. but like the shopping mall closed, what happens when the shopping mall closes? Yeah. You remove tourists and there's just fucking crazy people everywhere and there's no camouflage of tourists to like hide them. <laughs> which was like i love it because i mean because because i mean listen listen for a lot of people you know we we we, sometimes we feel you know a little bit the same you know we got a lot of tourists in well pre-pandemic in cape town and a lot of people feel the same way (laughs) art's loving that um uh, yeah i mean i just took a sip and i almost spat it out (laughs) (laughs) so so, i I mean i'll I'll give you an an example of like okay i I should, you know, over the last couple of years, I, I have this photo series called Street Dicks, which is just me wandering around New York City, taking pictures of people like on their phones as they're about to walk into me, which was okay. birthed out of me getting into a fight with a dude on the street one day because he walked into me with his phone. Uh, I slapped out of his hand and like we we had an exchange of words, but like I had this picture of him and it just kind of dawned on me like, oh, I got to start documenting this shit. So I've spent years just kind of wandering around doing that. And part of the beauty of that is the camouflage of being able to like weave in and out of foot traffic. So I can take a picture of somebody and they'll never know because they'll Mm. never see me because I'm gone by the time they realize what has happened. Um, I was walking down the street. It's crazy. There's nobody on the street. And I took a picture of a dude eating a sandwich who ironically was like being interviewed on video camera by somebody else. And he saw me and he chased after me for like an entire block, tried to grab me. And I was just like, yo, motherfucker, like, 
there's first off there's a pandemic second i just kind of looked around and i was just like there's nobody else on the street to even see that this is happening yeah dude and he was uh, like give me give me give me memory card now yeah 100%. <laughs> that's exactly the way it went um and i was just like you know for all the i guess hostile run-ins i've had in be it shooting music for the last 20 plus years street stuff whatever there was nowhere to hide which was also just like kind of this weird thing of like i'm skating through like a uh, a blank canvas of a city and the only people around the street are super aggressive and ready to throw down which there's that stereotype of new york but like you kind of don't see that most of the time because again it's camouflage with like you know yeah that's crazy dude. it's it's, it's nice to shit, see it but... from it's it's nice to see it from your uh, from a new yorker's perspective someone who lives there you know um, it was really it's funny. fascinating so <laughs> i mean this sounds like something i mean you do uh, street decks is it is it where, where do you put it uh where do you put it online on your uh, nathanielshannon.com uh most of that stuff all goes through instagram just at nathaniel shannon if people okay. want to check that out uh i've done a couple volumes of in-print zines i also like the idea of like catching somebody looking at pictures of people on their phone you know oh uh, wow right? that is interesting uh, eh? that's like my dream it's kind of like... creepy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just comes full circle yeah exactly <laughs> it's amazing but it's exposing it's kind of like exposing what they're doing you know yeah 100 percent uh, yeah, no, you know, and we're all guilty great. of it, but I think that, you know, depend dependency on cell phones and technology is like a constant source of information and entertainment is almost a pandemic in itself that totally. taking a step back years later now, obviously facing what we're all going through with uh, a viral issue, uh, a virus issue, um, is how is a cell phone really any different? Like how many people just walked out into traffic on their phone because they weren't mm. paying attention? Yeah. Um, how many people have died from other cell phone related issues? Um, not that I'm like trying to be all political about that because I don't. No, know. no, no, absolutely. But I it's, mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's I, I think more here. than anything, it's just a shift of consciousness of like what people's attentions are being focused on, which is like just a fascinating thing to see the technology of of our current time and literally living in the future now and how that affects people's just ability to like function on a day-to-day -day in yeah. social situations it's, just think about I, this this, by that. this like TikTok generation it's like mm -hmm. it's taken the world by by freaking storm but then then you're getting these like podcasts of it's become uh you know it's like the housewives of whatever um atlanta and you get the different housewives kind of series. i've never seen them but i can imagine what it's all about everybody gossiping anything. about each other and stuff but now they're doing like podcasts like i mean i, I look at podcasts different kinds of stuff but now like basically they podcast and and create drama by talking about each other as well as being on like tiktok and stuff it's just it's crazy how how people are taking the 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 whole platform and just making it so crazy sure. uh yeah. talking shit about people makes lots yeah. of money it's, it's nuts it's drama sells dude sex and drama sells end yeah, of story does. yeah but what you were saying earlier as well that uh you know how many people walk across the street on their phones and get hit by a car it's like how many people hit my car because they were driving while being on their cell phone the answer yeah, is exactly. two Oh, okay <laughs> no i mean it's mad man but um I, I like your outlook man i like the way you 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 I, I think that's very creative you know just i mean i guess that is the life of of when you when you are, are creative you just you see things in things and and you make art out of it yeah i think a lot of it is also just born out of the frustration of situations yeah. um you know a lot of my conceptual photo work or documentarian work is all based on the frustration of being in new york if i lived elsewhere i don't think a lot of that kind of work would necessarily take on any sort of political meaning or social commentary yada 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 it mm -hmm. would be just way different which that's kind of addicting to you know living in a hostile being in a hostile environment and watching a train wreck constantly is kind of addicting you know after a while <laughs> yeah. and it's great for a camera lens 
for sure. And look, it's something stupid going on, <laughs> and and it never stops. And I don't want to be that guy to to bring it up, but it's almost a year to the day um, with the George Floyd stuff. And now, sure. one year later, we've got the Columbus Ohio Ohio incident. Um, you know, with with um, the Makia Bryant situation, it's, it's sure. crazy. And now it's it's just it feels like it's history repeating itself. But uh, yeah, we don't we don't want to go too much into detail about that. It's very sad. Um, but, but it seems as though there's a, there's going to be another slew of protests. Well, there have been already, right? So right. it's crazy. It's it's uh, it's pretty divided out there. But um, let's hope for hope for improvement for sure. Um, but yeah, dude, it's it's crazy. But but correct me if I'm wrong. You're you're out of Detroit, aren't you, Michigan? Yeah, I was born uh, born and raised in the suburbs of Detroit, uh, and moved to the East Coast in like 2008. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've been out okay. here 13 years now. And the move from from Michigan to to New York was it uh, career or just want to get out of Detroit? <laughs> I had to get the, the fuck the out of Detroit, or it was going <laughs> to kill me. Uh, it's a Detroit is a wonderfully negative place to say the least. Uh, the Motor City. Yeah, I mean it's a Motor City with a broken engine. <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah. so okay all right an, uh, a motor that broke down and caught on fire and is burned to the ground multiple oh, times yeah you could say the same for the pistons again. eh? <laughs> we had our run you know yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah the early 2000s man that was like what a cool time to like have local sports be great <laughs> Well, I mean, it's yeah, it, it's it's pretty incredible. great to be a New Yorker at the moment. You've got the you've got the New York Knicks on on an eight win streak, eight uh, yeah, fuck the game. Nets. Okay, and then you got the Nets who are just loading up with stars like James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, sure. Blake Griffin, all those. Dudes. I can't. Uh, you know, I've been out here thirteen years, and I just I can't get down with supporting New York sports teams. <laughs> so, so um, I take it you're still a Detroit guy then. Yeah, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> I can't, I Look, can't I mean, they're not they're, they're not looking too bad. I mean, what they what they fifteen and thirty five, I think, at the moment. I'm not sure. And he's wearing I your I, cap. It's, I I admit, in recent years, it's been harder and harder for me to pay attention to uh, the Pistons and the Red Wings because yeah, it's you know yeah. rebuilding. Uh, no, for sure. Which has been like almost fifteen years of rebuilding after having like pretty unstoppable. I'm yeah, well, you had you had the bad boys, so at least at least, and you had the, that whole crew, and then some. Um, who were the, they? Did win a championship after the bad boys, right? Yeah, they. Did. Oh yeah, in the early two thousands, we were awesome. You know, we had Rashid Wallace and Ben Wallace, and uh, that whole Chauncey Billups and that whole team, um, which just kind of fell apart. I kind of partially blame blamed Joe Dumars, who was one of the bad boys. He ended up becoming the general manager and just kind of like ran the team into the ground. Sure. Uh, which was unfortunate, but like, yeah, 2004, like 2003 to like 2006 was like just a wild on time. fire. Uh, you know, to, to make a, uh, actually like a really great analogy and point of you bringing up the Pistons in, in relation to Detroit and just like what a weird melting pot yet. Like, honestly, one of the most segregated racist places I've ever been in the country. Really? Uh, in terms of, the amount of white wealth in the suburbs based on like auto industry and just i mean there's there's literally streets that are the the separating points of segregated neighborhoods um that when the pistons won in 2004 you know and i had spent a lot of time downtown doing hood rat shit you know partying shooting bands you know i was very active in like the the hardcore and punk scenes uh playing and and photographing that stuff you know when the pistons won we were downtown when they won that championship and it was like the most harmonious i've ever seen that city where it didn't matter what color you were it didn't matter like what your economic status was it was just like this unified congregation of people celebrating like honestly hope even though it's just sports like a hope for the city that like there was just something actually happening that was positive that everybody could pour their energy into, uh, you know, and the irony of that was like two weeks later, I went with my mom and girlfriend at the time downtown to go watch the fireworks. 
uh, for America's fuck yeah Fourth of July party, um, <laughs> and we were it's in an up, office eh? building. It's um, coming up. It is coming up. I'm sure that you know COVID <laughs> will get even worse because America's got to jerk itself off. Um, we were we were at this office building watching the fireworks and like this massive shooting happened. Um, oh, and you could just see the crowd disperse and it was like, oh yeah, we're back. We're back to regular old Detroit. We're like, there's a really good likelihood that you're going to get robbed or shot. Um, you know, That's I love the place, but it was just such a weird contradiction of like, here's this unity because of sports. People throwing a ball through a hole brought the city together in a way I've never seen. And it was really beautiful to experience that to just mm. back to like. That's awesome, uh, man. Separation of class, race, like whatever you want to call it. And it's it's a bummer to see, you know, the city is definitely improving. It's weird going back uh, and seeing just like nothing but bullshit, like white people chain stores um making money off <laughs> why of, people chain stores i like that like the suburb suburban folk like coming back downtown uh you know in brooklyn is very much a similar thing of gentrification of like yes. who's this shit for it's not for the yeah. people that live here it's for people mm. outside to come in and like you know go to the nike store frozen yogurt or, shops on the corner and shit like that yeah it's just <laughs> unaffordable for like people yeah. that live there um it's weird to see this dilapidated place that like i i love and like definitely was the influence and birthed my trajectory in life just become this like bullshit shopping mall wow yeah you i know, mean it's, it's sad turd. to see how things um things do develop over time eh? it's 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 weird to see things that aren't necessarily like they used to be in your nostalgic days you know sure it does it does like, kind of hurt the heart a bit especially if it's somewhere where you grew up i mean um you know i've got, i can be the same i got them um every time i visit where i was born i got him the house where i grew up and it looks like shit so um yeah i can kind of relate but uh, yeah it's interesting and and um so the one thing i did look at a um now we're gonna we let's talk about obviously nathaniel shannon the vanishing twin sure um i did um read a, an interview it, it said that uh, i think you said that a lot of your inspiration um didn't you say your dad your dad was a cop right in michigan he was uh he was he worked for uh one of the local universities he was on the police force there and and didn't you equate some of the inspiration behind some of the music um in in nathaniel shannon and the, and the vanishing twin uh is supposed to like some of the stories you heard i didn't i didn't carry on the interview because i didn't want to ask the same questions sure um sure. <laughs> so, well, so I, mean, I i know where you're going with that and we can kind of take it in uh i guess a fresh direction of yes the inspiration there i think was the way i grew up which was like in a fairly religious household yet also uh you know, having a father in law enforcement um, had that kind of beat into my head, which has always sort of ethically and politically been an issue for me. Uh, but we don't need to get into that. But mm. the influence just as far as kind of access to a world of crime being told secondhand through him was undoubtedly a huge influence in interest I have in like different subcultures, specifically like grimier subcultures. Um, and even influencing photography of trying to not necessarily document like murder or crime, but like recreate fantastical illustrative situations, no different really than like, a love of like horror movies it's kind mm -hmm. of all relative but it definitely i think paved a way for an interest in the macabre that you know had i not grown up in that kind of an environment i don't know that i necessarily would have had uh but it played a huge part at least just the the storytelling guess, aspect storytelling aspect of it you know uh and i think my parents were careful to even if details got gory there was always like an intent or lesson to be learned out of whatever was being 
taught told to me you know versus just like hey kid you want to look at some fucked up shit uh, <laughs> yeah true but i uh, yeah i just don't find do that this. super interesting here's some fucked yeah. up shit don't go do this you know yeah it's just that you hear stories you know and you know you you find your own way of of telling them of of how you've you know i mean obviously these things are some are things that you absorb and that you remember i mean i i, I do so at the same time but i express it differently i don't obviously just uh, express it through my music so you know uh, one thing that, that i love about doing what i'm doing now is i get to talk to people like you because i get to discover music like yours sure. because it to, to be quite frank and i mean be very candid your genre of music is not something that i would usually you know um listen to but i promise you i've had three mothers on repeat and 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 that's that's no that's that's not even um that's not even a lie and myself and art we even talking about earlier it's just what did, what did I, I say to you art i said this is a song that could be played at the end of devil's advocate the movie yeah, you, you know did, yeah um all oh, right I, nick, nick awesome. cave Thanks, like guys. dark and nick cave kind of vibes yeah yeah so i mean I, l listen you can laugh right. but i want to i want to tell you i want you to tell me where did the concept of going through the experimental dark folk line got you interested in getting into to that type of of, of genre uh before we get into that i just it's funny you brought up nick nick cage or well you you said nick cave i yeah. <laughs> i totally thought you said nick cage oh uh, like nicholas like, hey, cage like face uh, off nicholas cage yeah let's just talk about nicholas cage uh i watched that movie um willie's wonderland last night which if you guys haven't seen you should definitely check out okay yeah he doesn't say it he doesn't say a line of dialogue in the entire movie he just i didn't know that yeah and like i love well, mandy then... <laughs> and some of his like more recent just departures into like making like kind of weird art horror films but that motherfucker doesn't say one word the entire movie which makes Crazy. kind of an okay movie so much better that i said to my girlfriend i was like do you think that that was at his request where they wrote him all this dialogue and he was like no i'm just not gonna say anything and you're still gonna pay me anyways i, uh, I think the same thing i think the same thing he didn't want to say anything he read you probably read the script going what is this crap i'm not gonna nah. i need to see this i need to see this yeah. uh anyways nick cave not the same person not the same person not the same person uh i have to admit i you know i'm familiar with murder ballads and like i like you know, even though PJ Harvey and him were together, I like PJ Harvey way more than I like Nick Cave. Um, I don't dislike him. It just was never something that was that terribly interesting to me. Uh, ironically, I ended up kind of in the same genre or umbrella and do, do you get those comparisons quite a bit? Uh, I don't but know, it I just made me, gave me that wonder feeling. like, well, how did Nick Cave to get to that point? And how did I get to that point? Even though we're, you know, I don't know, 20, 30 years in age, probably different. Maybe that, not that old, but like there's an age difference of, you know, he's been performing for 30 plus years and I haven't. Uh, where did we separately come from and kind of end up in the same weird, creepy genre? Uh, I don't know, Nick Cave, Where'd you, how'd you do that? Well, wow. I mean, yeah, it's crazy, dude. Yeah, because like I'm, I'm the same as you. I never really got on the Nick Cave uh, train there. I did play a few shows where we did a few Nick Cave tracks, but when oh, right I on. was, but when I, when I, I must say when I was listening to it, I was like, I was like, how can I describe it to someone? I said like, if you took Tom Waits, and you got uh, Tito's and the, and the Tarantulas like high and then you had uh, Danzig write all the songs when he was like taking sleeping pills and that's how it that's that's the kind of sound you would get and I was like that to me that sounds great yeah I'm really art, enjoying it dude you've you've been actually like going he's like dude this is fucking rad I went deep I went I started from the beginning I was I was like <laughs> It was really interesting stuff. I, 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 Danzig, man. Danzig took enough sleeping pills to stop trying to do Elvis covers. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah pretty much. Um, oh, that's awesome. Most of my influence on all of this um, comes, I love Mark Lanigan. I'm like a super Mark Lanigan fan. Uh, I love the Screaming Trees in the 90s. And then like his solo stuff just, yes. 
I don't like is incredible because uh, it's dark and depressing as fuck. And there's a lot of minor key songs, but there's always just like this. He's just a fantastic storyteller. Um, I also had a buddy when I was in my early 20s. His name was Chris Bathgate, who lived with a, a bandmate of mine. And he was just kind of this like folk singer that just would, we, you know, we would get drunk and he would just like play guitar and sit on the porch. And he put out a couple really record or amazing records that like resonated a lot with me and they were like really mellow uh and melodramatic um and I just I, I kind of wanted to rip all that off not necessarily intentionally but having played aggressive music for years I found myself in a situation of like not having people to play with um I moved to New York my girlfriend at the time when I first moved here, she was a singer and had like a Tascam digital eight track. And I just kind of started piecing together these like weird acoustic jams, if you will, that I never had much intention of doing anything with. Uh, the crux of that also is I love like early 90s shoegaze. Um, oh, wheel and you know Man. slow dive and ride and there was a uh actually a band from the states called starflyer 59 that i think are the most underrated shoegaze band ever um that have put out like 30 records but the first three records were just this really brilliant marriage of like kind of new ordery joy division vocals and my bloody valentine heaviness but like kind of with this punk attitude where all the songs were in minor keys but like they had these really great hooks um a lot of feedback uh loved their early smashing pumpkin stuff and growing up in detroit and especially in the early 90s with the hip-hop explosion you know i when chronic the chronic came out and dr dre exploded i, I mean Stop that it. record fucking changed my life for sure as far as getting into the Isley brothers and getting into like funk and soul and like everything, you know, I think that what the most amazing thing that hip hop has ever done for music is it introduced people to other music genres. Absolutely. You know? uh, wow. And I think the Isley brothers are probably the greatest band of all time, given that they're still putting out records um, after 40 plus years and have been sampled by literally everybody. Uh, but that infusion of like loving the Isley Brothers, early 90s hip hop, G-Funk stuff, especially that like Moog keyboard um, that was very popular in California, mixed with Shoegaze, I love Cult of Luna and Neurosis. It's just this weird hodgepodge of all this shit kind of forced through. Um, <laughs> you look shocked. Did I say Yeah, it? what's happening? Words? What's happening, Art? I love Neurosis and Cult of Luna. I love um, them. I mean, the the song in particular, She Came With The Birds off of Somewhere Along The Highway mm. is like the mellowest song on that record. Mm. Uh, to me, it's just a Mark Lanigan song, which ironically on their new record, they got him finally to sing on, which I'm just like fucking perfect. Yeah. Like perfect. I love That's both crazy. of these. And like, you can tell, I think in their songwriting, when you get rid of the neurosis worship and get into the mellower, more mellow stuff, it's like, these are all like written for Mark Lanigan, like hundred uh, percent. That's crazy. So, so the culmination of like all of that, I oh, think wow. just ended up with whatever this shit is that I'm kind of doing right now. Um, that again, didn't have much intent other than it just kind of happened. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm an audiophile and like love getting into and obsessing over like any music genre. Um, as well as between photography, painting, anything I do, I love the juxtapositions of like, I'm gonna take like a Bone Thugs rhythm idea, maybe some keyboards, like that haunting, creepy stuff, especially with the new record, is very like Three Six Mafia, Bone Thugs, Grave Diggers, like hip hop influence with horror themes, metal themes, and a bunch of Lanigan, Cult of Luna, guitar and crooning soundscapes is kind of just what that is. Awesome. So now tell me three mothers, right? Um, you've got Marta Saspiriorum, you've got Marta Tenabarum, and you've got Marta Lachramarum. 
I, I think love that's that them. you. I love that you just listed the song titles. <laughs> so rad. <laughs> so we've and and also remember, Art. I was going. Where's my fucking phone? <laughs> I needed my phone because I, I just wanted to be sure. But I've remembered them. They yeah, they perfect. are memorable to me. So now I didn't even need something to look at it because I remember them. Also, I'm a sucker for pronunciation. I want to make sure that I'm pronouncing something correct. Sure. So I, um so martyr means mother three mothers there are three songs uh, i'm not gonna uh <laughs> rattle them off again in case i get them wrong but do it again do it, it again it, <laughs> okay martyr suspiriorum martyr um tenabarum and martyr lachamarum perfect is hey. that is that right i mean you did it better than i would have okay fantastic so they're three mothers they all have a different meaning or a different premise so tell me about that concept so the concept with this record in general is i ended up living with my still current girlfriend in a very tiny brooklyn apartment so playing guitar at 3 a.m in my underwear wasn't is that sorry by the way is that your applicable? red telecaster uh oh yeah. yeah 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 okay great can you see that is that no i can't see it i just i've seen you play it live okay cool awesome thank you um <laughs> yeah i've got that red telly uh that i use a lot um so i started relying more on getting into like midi keyboards and synths and just shit i could do on my laptop um and had these three soundscapes and song structures uh i love argento and italian horror in general it's been wildly influential even in stylistically of like doing photo illustration and lighting and in um composition uh so i had those three songs there's three movies in the three mothers trilogy um i don't know that i would necessarily recommend mother of tears the last one it's kind of a piece of shit uh but <laughs> the first two movies like inferno and in suspiria are like just absolutely gorgeous flawless movies to me and it just kind of dawned on me like oh i've got these three songs there's the three mother films mm -hmm. in that trilogy i will just combine them and come up with this concept piece um you know and as especially in my i think genre and songwriting there's a lot of true crime there's a lot of horror there's a lot of um pursuing i guess macabre themes that i wanted to like approach the lyrical content and while tell the story of the films um not necessarily be like i'm the character that all these witches are haunting i'm i'm uh, you know i'm the victim here uh i was kind of not interested in that and years ago uh i had read the book grendel which is about the monster in Beowulf uh and he is the antagonist in Beowulf but it's all through his eyes of like everybody's you know it's kind of like the story of Frankenstein's monster of like everybody's calling him a monster but why is he the monster maybe society's the monster so I kind of took the same approach with the lyrical content in terms of I wanted to like be the witch instead and kind of tell their side of the story uh mm -hmm. of like get the fuck out of my house like this is my <laughs> yeah. house i'm a witch <laughs> uh, I love it. Be beard stays you leave um <laughs> so that kind of was where i went lyrically with that uh you know and at the end of the day all the witches get killed and like whatever there's a downfall and kind of a happy ending or whatever um but that just kind of all came together in this like overly heavily <laughs> overly conceptual project that i didn't necessarily really intend to it just kind of went that way and um seemed way more interesting than like oh, i've got these three <sighs> yeah i mean listen songs, you know i i, I honestly I, lo I i i loved the whole composition of all three um, and and I did allude to the fact that the, earlier that I don't really listen to that kind of genre of me. It's just sure. never been a part of me. I've just it's just something. That, and now, like I said, that's the reason why I get. To, uh, I love chatting to to guys like you is because I actually really enjoy what I was hearing. I really enjoyed what I was hearing and 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 vibing with it. You know, that's I mean, I shared cool. a little um, snippet. It was one of my favorite uh, snips of of the. Just the 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 
rhythm of the vocals and all that kind of stuff. I did that on an Instagram story just to show that you're up on Spotify and and use one of your songs. But that that specific um, melody and and rhythm just it really it's 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 dark and 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 kind of trippy, but you vibe with it at the same time. Right. It's very hypnotic. Yes, um, and you kind of get which, lost in a bit of a trance, like a gaze, uh, you know. Um, a lot it. of that also comes from it to me. It to me is a hip hop record, uh, in a weird way of again, just taking loops and trying to create like this hypnotic, almost spell-like environment and soundscape. Um, I was really fortunate to have Fred Etsby of the band Dismember out of Sweden uh, play drums on this record because we worked together at a music venue in Brooklyn and had become pretty good friends over the last couple of years. And I was talking to him about some production elements. He's produced like, I mean, you name it, coming out of Sweden, that dude's been a part of, you know, a, a large array of like- We love our Swedish for... musicians. We love uh, our Swedish musicians. Yeah, they're the best. Yeah. Um, and I had approached him and was just like, hey, man, would you play drums on these three songs? And he was super stoked and very uh, gave me a lot of support and positivity of kind of pushing where those songs went. And I think having live drums over this hypnotic, repetitive loop, almost hip hop influenced keyboard heavy thing elevated it and opened the songs up to being a much more powerful um body of work than had i just programmed stuff uh and i you know I, I would go as far as to say like i don't know why like more more hip-hop doesn't use live drums because it would just like take 100 percent. well i mean the only live drums you know, any hip-hop artist uses nowadays travis parker <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true you know Main, what uh, mainstream hip-hop mainstream hip-hop let me stand corrected that dude i um i i work at saint vitus in brooklyn the world's premier tiny metal venue uh and blink 182 did like a a secret spotify show there uh which i went and photographed um i don't know like two years ago and like say what you will about that band that dude's fucking incredible yeah of course. he is an incredible yeah, I... drummer uh and i think more so he plays just in this like such a weird unconventional way that yeah it's pop punk but it's like you remove the other two dudes and you just watch him play almost like fractured jazz drums over like these really dumb songs um yeah it, I've was, it one... was so cool to watch him play in just like a really small venue that it gave me a whole new appreciation nathaniel yeah. nathaniel there's only one thing i criticize about travis barker ever what's that he's dating a kardashian oh jesus <laughs> and he was in the aquabats and he was america's, in the aquabats america's premier mormon superhero ska band <laughs> yeah. So it's it's crazy, yeah, but uh, I mean, uh, it was a joke. I mean, we, at the end of the day, listen, him and MGK have uh, created a bit of an empire for themselves uh, oh, for lately. Sure. So uh, you know, you go, you go, sure, listen, sure. you've got to you've got to respect that that they've been able to do that. Not right. only is you know they they hitting number one on everything. Um, they there's Megan Fox and a Kardashian involved. What the fuck? It's crazy. But yeah, uh, yeah dude, but it, they, they, it, they're man. pulling it off, dude. They're pulling it off. Yeah, dude. Right, I right. saw Blink-182 for the first time when I was in London uh, about 2004. Okay. And I was uh, a bit disappointed. But I realized later how wrong that I was. Because um, every band does like a drum solo. And I hate drum solos. What? As uh, a drummer, you hate drum solos. It's, it's just a big giant wank. I mean, who gives a fuck? No, like, no, no, no. I disagree with you. But ah, it's cool. Shut up. It's like, <laughs> I, so, I feel the same way about photographers. So, <laughs> so he he did a drum solo, but it was just he, all he did was beats, you know. And I was like, I, I would have expected That's it to the do a part. normal traditional thing. And I was bit, I was feeling a bit upset. But then a couple of years later, I was like. That was genius because he was playing his whole solo was just hip hop beats, but like sped up. And I sure, was like, sure. and I was like, okay, I've, Art, I've, I've, 420 I've... was two days ago. Calm down. And also <laughs> the, the last Blink-182 with, uh, uh, with, uh, 
that guy um the self-titled album i think that's his best work for blink 182 are you talking about with uh with uh what's his what's the dude's name again a client Um, trio guy yes no 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 no, the original the ufo guy uh, tom delong tom delong yeah the self the self-titled i love that he's the ufo guy now (laughs) the self-titled blink 182 album i actually think is their best stuff because they went more with the the hip-hop kind of stuff and the more poppy but Travis Barker was playing a lot more interesting beats rather than just Nick Skiba or Matt Skiba. Yeah, Matt Skiba. Yeah, but whatever. But I, Nick yeah, Cage. I'm 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 with, I'm with you that that Travis Barker is is great. That's yeah. funny. I said Nick Keeper, who is actually uh, as I lay dying, um, as I lay dying. And then hey, is you, that the you dude just that tried to have his wife killed? No, no, that's Tim Lambesis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, so so with with that, so dude, it's it's really really. Um, where, where were we actually? Oh, the drums. That's what I wanted to say. Is that? Oh yeah, I was talking oh, about Fred. Uh, got Fred to play drums. It just elevated the record into like a way cooler thing. But that's that's exactly uh, what I wanted to say. Is is art? What was the first thing? See, art comes here every Thursday. We don't live together. He comes here every Thursday and he produces the show. What was the first thing? that I said to you when you walked through that gate today, that's it. The drums sound cool. The live drums sound cool. And I've, and I'm, I'm like, I feel like in this town, I'm the only one that really champions live drums these days. Yeah. (laughs) Well, look, in in this country, listen, let's be honest. It's, it's, it costs a fuckload of money to to, to record a live set uh, drum kit. Yeah, I'm sure it pretty much costs a lot there on your side too. eh? Well, what's what's the deal there with recording Um, on your side? so for this record i actually was pretty fortunate that the practice space i had at the time the owner of that building built a studio like a recording studio so if you were a member of the practice space it was like real cheap to record um fred's also an incredible drummer that just sat down and played like every song i think in one take and then we did a backing take just to have it Mm um i mean i think I think but you got to have entire... big channel mixes and all that kind of stuff to do it. Uh, I don't know what the mixing board was. I honestly don't remember. But, you know, we just it was just a pro tool session, you know, also because he's a producer, like True. he was able to help the engineer, like really mic the drums and get some good sounds out of them. Um, and, you know, I admit we did it for like super cheap. Uh I don't remember off the top of my head what it was, but it was like, you know, I could afford to pay out of pocket for that. Um, well, it was well worth is, it. You know, you just make relationships with people that own studios and trade stuff. You know, the guy that ended up actually mixing this record uh, is a buddy of mine who's got a lot of music projects. Uh, and I had approached him about mixing the record. Um, he does a lot of the production for Sarface, which is uh, this dude Logic uh and one of the wu-tang guys uh logic as in the rapper yeah uh, i like that guy i should i like i, should, I like that guy no you don't um, like him oh no no no! he's great he's great uh, he's great um, i watched him on steve's podcast he was on steve's wild ride and um i actually really um i really enjoyed his content uh, uh i like the way he spoke he was smart really smart yeah. guy um, um but the sarfay yeah. stuff is logic esoteric and inspector deck from wu-tang and okay. my buddy jeremy has done like a lot of the production like keyboard work and it's all you know like the mid-tempo creepy stuff so it was like well he makes the most sense to me for somebody to mix the record because it's in his wheelhouse of what he's working on anyways i think the sarface records are are awesome um so he mixed it, and then I went back to Steve Austin from Today is the Day, who... I was about to say, Austin 316, um, baby. Uh, <laughs> Just kidding. Sorry, I'm probably, he's probably got oh, that yeah, a yeah. lot. Uh, I'm sure he does. I don't, you know, it's not my name. <laughs> no, no. That's probably why he's written, like, the most pissed records ever, is because he's like, stop calling me Steve Austin, Stone Cold. <laughs> stop um, calling me Steve Austin, brother. <laughs> but he he ended up mastering that and has been like super supportive over the years of like this project which is cool to like make relationships with people who i absolutely like love and admire for their own you know music contributions um 
so that makes it affordable you know like you make those relationships and if people are into what you're doing they'll help you you know or you can trade art or other services uh you know i uh, being able to like trade my photo work for other things has been like invaluable to me at this point speaking about your photo work there are some absolutely insane images on your website oh there we go there's the artwork actually i wanted to talk about that i just oh, i just uh bought your two releases off itunes i just bought them now because i was, I was <laughs> oh, listening thanks, to them on the i on a youtube streaming uh because i've That's got a youtube cool. premium account but i i just nice one dude bought them now um also um just be okay well, before before we go into the photography stuff because i mean i'm sure this ties in um that artwork the broken glass the roses the the, the images of the 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 woman's faces and stuff how did, how did that come all about i mean broken sure. glass red roses kind of blood uh in kind of gets gives it that kind of feel with the, with the faces what was and the three obviously the three women's faces are the three mothers i'm, I'm yeah. assuming uh i get really literal <laughs> as <laughs> as a i guess songwriter and photographer like i everything i do is like incredibly linear most of the time um, and I, I just, I got so hung up on like, all right, there's three songs, there's three mothers, there's got to be three models, each song, whatever. And I just got, I couldn't get away from that concept. Um, well, you know, good, so I good just, that you didn't. I, I just like photographed it. the three models um, and made this photo collage. And I kind of was struggling on like how to piece it together of what became the full uh, album cover. And I worked at the, the same music venue I worked at in Brooklyn with with Fred from Dismember. Uh, we had worked some show. I want to say it was like Mad Ball or something super ignorant. And the live room of that venue was upstairs. And there was this like creepy staircase you had to go up that was like <laughs> all mirrors, which, you know, totally makes sense to have a mirrored hallway at a music venue. <laughs> yeah, it's like 90% yeah. ignorance all the time. <laughs> and somebody fell down the stairs and like smashed their face into the mirror, shattered the mirror. It didn't spill all over the floor, but it was just like this perfectly abstract uh, breakage in the glass. Um, and I had my camera with me. So I went and like grabbed a photo of that knowing full well, I was like, this is how I'm going to tie the collage together is like, you get this fractured, um, separation of like the three female characters plus it just looks super fucking cool yeah uh so that all got like really heavily conceptual um you know i tried to base i guess like the pseudo environment that each model was in based around kind of themes from the film and like at least when i think of the films like the color choices of like what those films look like to me in my head that's awesome dude i mean Everybody who's listening right now needs to go check out NathanielShannon.com because you've 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 um, really taken some photos some uh, some photos of some uh, uh, iconic bands as well. Sure. Um, the the uh, your your Instagram is also a one hell of a follow, so go go follow Nathaniel Shannon um, on Instagram as well. I mean, I gave you a follow today, dude. I love your imagery. I love your black and white work, especially. I love the oh, contrast you. that you guys get. There we go. Speaking of black and white. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I really love the, the contrast that you have. And then, you know, uh, the one image also pointed uh, that it, it means that you're a versatile, um, you know, creator in the sense that, you know, you do you do your abstract images as well in the sense that, um, you know, there was that one photo where you, you completely manipulated and edited the, the photo. I think it was a guy with a teddy bear in the room and kicking something, or he had a, a it was just one that really stuck, uh, stuck out at me. We will, we'll, we'll review it. Um, after the interview, we'll go have a look at the images. Um, but dude, you, you really have talent behind the lens, man. It oh, really, thanks, really is good stuff. I yeah, I, I I can't follow because I'm not on Instagram. I don't do social media. Yeah, choose a <laughs> tr right. choose a producer that's not on social media. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> you pick a great guy. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, dude. So I, I you extremely talented. I'm super chuffed to to have been able to chop it up with you. Um, yeah. I feel like we, we've made a connection. So that Cape Town and, and New York uh, have made a connection. I'd like to have you yeah, on again. Have you got any I would plans? Love to come back. Have you See, got any? Have you got any plans um, for uh, December? Was the release of the EP? Have you got anything in the works? Any? Uh, I know live shows are starting to come back. Uh, anything you've got planned going for twenty twenty one? I don't see us playing live anytime soon. Uh, just based on locations we would be playing. Um, I did like a live stream back in December, like right before Christmas, uh, and actually played the three songs uh, at Vitus. Um, which was cool. Uh, I didn't have like my full band with me. That was just like a solo thing because of, yeah. of time constraints and COVID stuff. Um, I just put out another side project record uh, a couple of weeks ago called Suspects, which you can also get information for via my Instagram at okay. Nathaniel Shannon, um, which was another it's it's a completely different direction versus like the solo stuff it's very like dead guy snap case i guess refused-esque uh in a way um jesus lizard whatever there's a lot of genre bending going on there uh but i did like a 44 page art zine and a cassette tape the cassette tapes are sold out but uh that just came out which was like a long tumultuous project based on you know the story with that record is is that i had been playing with uh a couple guys about eight nine years ago and we had recorded this record um after i had found this collection of art uh so we started writing songs around it and then our bass player went missing um and he had the only copy of that record so at least that's what I thought. And last year I actually found a copy of, of the original recording. So we cleaned that out and just put that out. Um, so that was cool to like, finally kind of get that out into the world. Um, totally different from, from, you know, my, my solo stuff, but mm-hmm. people should check that out. I'm, I'm super stoked on that. Uh, I've got an ambient record that I'm working on that's going to, you know, be another conceptual thing with, uh, I think, an art zine. Lots of pedals kind of, involved. There'll be a lot of pedals and keyboards. Um, yeah. It's, you know, uh, the intention with that one was like, I just wanted to create some soundscapes to listen to on the subway so I don't have to listen to people fucking talking <laughs> while I'm reading. Uh, which, of course, like everything has taken like a different shift in life mm-hmm. of its own, that there's mm-hmm. a concept behind the songs and it's going to be more of like an audio accompaniment of a bunch of photo work. That's a little more like abstract nature photo work. I don't have a timeline for that sometime this year. Uh, and I'm working on slowly recording a full length that will be like the follow-up to my 2016 full length trespasses. Um, but you know, with the pandemic, I've got nothing to do besides like, make weird shit and create 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 that's what you should be doing and i'm happy you are i mean just for instance over your left shoulder that is your piece right that stained glass window painting behind you yes and you're selling those canvas prints as well right uh i'm selling the original paintings i don't really have any intention of making prints out of them um Mm -hmm. that one in particular right there is actually a custom one for a friend uh and her husband and child they had commissioned that that they wanted like a family portrait um yeah so that's something i've been spending a lot of time doing (laughs) painting aliens because it's fucking fun (laughs) but Uh, that's what i love about it i mean i just think i think you you dipping into so many different uh things that it's you know for for in a time like this this is you're the perfect example of what people should be doing keeping themselves busy keeping the creative creativity going don't letting don't not letting the mind go idle and create and and um because de- devil's uh, um idle hands are the devil's workshop sure you know so as long as you keep doing stuff that makes you happy and 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 uh um inspired and um what, what is the other word um I don't know, whatever. Thanks. I think it's great and consistent. So, um, dude, congrats to you. It's a well, shitty situation, you. obviously, the pandemic and, and all the rest. We're we feeling it as well. But um, 
uh, Nathaniel, I think I think uh, our time is up, but I really would dig to to, to chat to you to, to again uh, to you again. Yeah, I, I think we you. should keep in contact. You know, Absolutely. DM on Instagram and and email each other and stuff like that. I really would like to keep in contact with you and uh, find out what you're up to and stuff because I I have been afforded the uh, opportunity to go live in the states for six months i loved it had the oh, best right time i was in i was in colorado uh, speaking of oh, which yeah. you were, you were awesome. talking about um 80s uh, i mean we weren't specifically talking about 80s but we we're talking about hip-hop when we talk about hip-hop i'm talking about like 80s 90s hip-hop um i saw digital underground in breckenridge colorado in 2005 <laughs> how much weed was at that show oh Dude, so much. <laughs> it was amazing. Were you, we had the did you live time. in Breckenridge? Or? I lived in Breckenridge, yes. That's a really random place to end up. <laughs> uh, well, we used to do these like exchange programs or you used to sign up and you used to go be able to. Sure. I worked on Peak 8 at Breckenridge, the Burgundy restaurant. Um, oh, right on. That's awesome. And, uh, and uh, I had six I months went... of snowboarding and, and just working and and living the yeah, life so in america cool. and i loved it and the people in colorado especially in it was actually i used to hitchhike hitchhiking in this country is a big no-no right i mean i wouldn't big do it here no -no. either but but i used to hitchhike nine miles from um outside of town into breckenridge every single morning 6 a.m and it was the first vehicle that picked me up every single time you put your thumb out there pick me up every single time they'd offer me some chips and uh, you know a lot of the time when when they picked me up in the morning they would take me right to the top of ski hill road and drop me at the entrance of the of the thing where they could have just dropped me at the bottom where i could have taken the bus up with the rest of the employees it was fantastic. is that place um at the top of the hill where you can like ride the the tram yes yeah, Ski Hill yeah. Road at the top was the Burgundy okay. restaurant. Um and, and yep. it was peak I know eight. Exactly peak what eight. you're talking about. Peak eight. I went I went to a wedding in Breckenridge a couple of years ago and I had never been out there and like it was it was something. That was it's amazing. But <laughs> it anyway, said I mean listen, to be honest with you, I I still haven't let it go. I've still I've got I'm looking at my snowboard right now. I will never ever sell it in my life. I've turned it into a clock. <laughs> so th so then i just have it so now now i look at the snowboard and i can tell the time but so you can um, shred time yeah exactly dude <laughs> i'm knee deep in time bro <laughs> awesome. but uh, uh colorado is beautiful like that uh, whole dude. area of the country is absolutely uh too good I would be upset if i ended up out there to escape from do the inevitable it. collapse do it. do it it's the best and then, well, i just added a third place for me to go and visit. yeah i did breckenridge colorado all the way and then i did vale i did beaver creek i did keystone oh, cool. i did, um i stayed a couple of nights in frisco silverthorne keystone, keystone all those places but uh love the states love chatting to you nathaniel i'm not going to keep you any longer i've kept you an hour thank you so much for joining the show i really I appreciate time, it man. yeah man you're, you're an amazing person to talk to keep up Thanks the creativity keep up the music keep up the photography and i can't wait to catch up with you soon awesome well thank you for having me and i will talk to you guys soon thank you so much go well my man later later that was nathaniel shannon uh, of nathaniel shannon photography nathanielshannon.com on instagram everywhere and obviously nathaniel shannon and the vanishing twin thank you guys uh for for tuning into that interview i really really enjoyed it uh I Dude, how fun, how much fun was that, dude? Dude, it was was such a great conversation. I, I really, <laughs> cool. I really enjoyed his angle. It was, it, it, I mean, it was, it was cool. I, I, it would be rare to chat to him again. I mean, totally. Uh, I mean, like, I, I immediately went on just hearing his perspective and where he came from, with uh, his, with his records. I it said like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm adding it to my collection, so I just bought it straight up. For sure, for sure. But I mean, that was a great episode. I don't think we actually even need to do anything more than that. Um, I don't know if there's anybody in the chat, but we've got lots to talk about. I mean, how's it hanging, boys? What's up, Jared? Um, yeah, dude, it's a big fight weekend. We've got UFC 261. We've got Jorge Masvidal. We've got Valentina Shevchenko versus Jessica Andrade. We've got Rose Namajunas versus Weili Zhang. 
and many more. And we um, don't have any racing this weekend. No racing this weekend. But, but can I tell you one thing that I took out of last weekend, though? Yes, go for it, dude. Lewis Hamilton is a machine. Dude, okay, listen, listen. Ninth position to second. Dude, I, I, I'm never going to deny how good Lewis Hamilton is. Never, I'm, I'm never going to take anything away from that guy. He is... I mean, I'm I'm always gonna be Ayrton Senna as as course, my Formula One idol. Yeah. But if you took Ayrton Senna out of the picture for me, Lewis Hamilton is it. Really. Correct. But I, I, I really crave having other people challenging him and and Red Bull and Verstappen are starting to do that this last season of this current form of Formula One because next year they're going to change. Verstappen, Leclerc, and Norris, all 23 years old. He's and 36. Did you see signs? Signs, signs went up. Like I think he started in ninth and he ended up in sixth. But he was he was being methodical with his race and he didn't make a single misstep. And signs did well. Um, and I remember messaging you that uh, I said like. Sonoda, I really dig him. And then the second that I said that to you, you made a mistake and he just kept making it. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. I shouldn't have said it. But yeah, it was a, it was a really great race. It, it was good to see that uh, Mercedes now looks like to have competition. And I know it sounds like I, I hate Hamilton. It's just that I hate that he wins all the time because it's, it affects the sport. And he does actually say, it's like he says... It's good for the fans that, that Red Bull are now challenging and is making it difficult yeah, for dude. us. Yeah, dude. So every, they're all going to catch up. Every time I see a race, like even Carolyn says, like I'm I'm struggling to hate him. You and, can't. But you can't. And he's he so poised really after good. shows and interviews and stuff. He's 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 classy, dude. Yeah, but you see, he did make a mistake to the, on the race. He did go into the wall, and I, th- I and, saw that, um, and, he, and he and he was very tight on on overtaking um where they touched and then they and and he had his front uh, yeah. um, uh, bumper damaged exactly but yeah. like that was i think this was the, the real first Ooh. time that he actually that he faced real uh, a real challenge and he made like a single mistake but it wasn't a serious one but he was lucky with the safety car he definitely sure. was lucky sure. but seriously yeah i mean first uh, reg flat of the season as well yeah yeah but um it was but, a good race it was a good race i mean it was it, it was it was sad that they had to uh, have a red flag, but it was a real good race, and I'm really happy uh, of the turnout. And I'm I'm actually even kind of happy that Hamilton did that that uh, charge to end up second, even after he made that huge big stuff up. But yeah, he's a machine. He is. But um, totally. Are you impressed with my knowledge and what I've been watching and all that kind of jazz? Dude, I'm 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 really impressed. It's I, cool. I gave my dad my word that I will follow the the the, and obviously that benefits you on my relationship because you're a big F1 fan. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh, um. I'm I'm following it tooth and nail. But this weekend, Usman Masvidal, the whole bank shoot. Then we've got the NBA playoffs coming soon. Mm-hmm. Next week, next week we have Jesse Switchblade. Jesse Switchblade. Um, or a, a, aka Carlos Sanchez of um, Deadline coming nice. on uh, next Thursday. We're gonna have to make some make do sessions in a week, or, uh, not next week, but the week after. I'm getting these floors redone, so we're gonna be in another spot. Who knows where we're gonna be, but we're gonna make the show happen. We'll make a plan every but, Thursday, yeah, every Thursday. But without further ado, with Art signing off. Um, myself, Gareth, your host. Please don't forget to subscribe to Papa Jesus. Follow it everywhere at, at, at Papa Jesus. But back same, same back back back. <laughs> back same time, same place. But until then, we say peace. This is Papa Jesus, episode eighty-one with Nathaniel Nathaniel Shannon. We love you. That's where we're going.